individual to another. The impartation or the transfer of some spiritual endowment from one individual to another. Now you're right there in the book of Luke, chapter 3, and we want to look at verse 11. Spiritual things are tangible and transferable. The things of the Spirit are more real than the things of the natural. They're more tangible. And they are transferable. Hallelujah. The word impart is used twice in the New Testament. And in both instances, it means to give over, to share, or to impart. Give over, to share, or to impart. Now, in the book of Luke, chapter 3, and verse 11, we see this concept of impartation uh, spelled out very clearly. Jesus answered and said unto them, He that has two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. So he's saying, notice, if you have two coats and somebody doesn't have one, give one of what you got to him. That's the concept drawn out perfectly. Something that I have, I'm going to give to you. Right? When, When Jesus left, what did he say? He said, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And he said, the peace that I'm leaving with you is my peace. I leave my peace with you. So what did he do? He imparted his peace into them. Hallelujah. So taking some of what is possessed and transferring it to another. Look at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 11. Glory to God. Romans 1 and 11, Paul made this statement. He said, for I long to see you, want to see your face, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you will be established. Hallelujah. So Paul said the results of impartation would be establishment. Establishment. Now, this is interesting because establish, that word establish, it means to set fast, to set fast, to turn resolutely in a certain direction, to set fast, to turn resolutely in a certain direction, or to strengthen. It means to set fast, to turn resolutely in a certain direction, or to strengthen. So that tells us a couple things. It tells us what can happen, and it tells us that there are certain things that these things might not happen without impartation. Oh, hallelujah. So through impartation, there are things that can be set fast in my life. Giftings, callings, anointings. Hallelujah. You know when, 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 I, when people make the statement, they say, well, I don't just receive what anybody says. There's a reason. There's a reason behind that. That's not arrogance. It's not prideful. I trust God to speak to my fathers. 
And I trust them to speak to me. Now, I hear from God for myself, but you understand. Hallelujah. When, uh, for instance, when uh, I was an associate pastor, assistant pastor at a church in Kansas City, Kansas, well, I had known for months that I was a pastor. I knew it. I just had the equipment. I had the tool belt. Right? But, but, you know, nobody recognized that. Maybe my wife, probably. But nobody recognized it. The, the pastor of the church we were going to, she was, she was ill, and, and it wasn't in, for any reason, other reason than just she was sick. And, and she couldn't minister, so she had me doing all the ministering. But she had me doing all the ministering, not because she thought I was a pastor, but because I could preach. And I wanted to preach. Right? But one Saturday morning, early... I was getting up to get about the day, and when my feet hit the floor, I just knew. I heard in my spirit, you're a pastor. Well, now, I knew it. Nobody else knew it. That day, the phone rang, and it was somebody with a voice into my life, and they said, I was praying about you today, and the Lord spoke to me and said, you're a pastor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, something's being set firm on the inside of me. Hallelujah. When, uh, when, uh, when uh, God began to deal with us to do what he's dealing with us to do with our fellowship, I, I heard these words. And I, and I don't know that I've ever shared this publicly, but I heard these words. I heard there's an apostolic anointing coming on your life and ministry. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not one of those people that thinks, you know, to be really powerful, I got to be an apostle or I got to be a prophet. Those are just one of five ministerial gifts that God has given the church, not the person, the church. If somebody's a prophet, they're a gift for you. If they're a pastor, they're a gift for you, not a gift for themselves. You know, that prophetic anointing that you can walk in, it's not going to work to show you what to do if you ignore the leading of the Holy Spirit. you got to depend on the Holy Spirit. You can't depend on your gift. Well, I, I said nothing to nobody when the Lord started dealing with me about it. I've had people say things, but when the Lord started dealing with me about it. Hallelujah. And I was sitting right there in that chair Pat Harrison was ministering right here, and she looked at me on a Sunday morning, and she said, the callings on your life are apostle, pastor, or pastor, uh, apostle, pastor, and teacher. I never told anybody that. Now, that doesn't change anything that I'm doing, but what just happened? I got an impartation. I got an empowerment, notice, that set some things fast it it sets the issue this is the direction we're going right because you got to understand if if you're a, a a father or a husband in here your home there's things it can't move past if you don't get what you need that's, that's why you don't want to be hanging around with the fellas and talking to pookie and ray ray and all them all day 
and, and uh, Ramon and Billy Bob about what you need to be doing. And you need to be hanging out with some of the older brethren at the church. Getting an impartation about how to be the man that God's called you to be. And if you're a young lady looking for a man, if, if you don't see him here, he's in the wrong place. Because you, you, right? he's, 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 you're not going to find him down at Suge's five and dime. Right? And, 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 and girls aren't supposed to be looking for boys anyway. The Bible says when a man finds a wife, he's found a good thing. That's just impartation. I'm just helping you. Hallelujah. I mean, I walked into church and wasn't even looking. A good woman was the farthest thing from my mind. I was done with women. Not because I'm like that, but because, because there they, they had been problems. Amen. And I walked in and there was my good thing sitting on the front row. I didn't even know my good thing was there, but there she was. And you know what, Brother David? Just one look. That's all it took. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, and I looked again. Yeah, come on. I looked again. You know. You, you understand? You understand? <laughs> she came walking up in that gas station. You knew, right? Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, what's that got to do with impartation? Because, because you, 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 you got to understand. When you come... And, and you're in the church, and you're in the local church, you're getting something. You'll become a better husband just coming to church. You'll become a better wife just coming to church. Yeah, you'll have to work on it, but in the middle of the sermon, just like it just happened here, in the middle of the sermon, the man of God, the woman of God, will take a rabbit trail and say something that is your exact answer. And people say, oh, well, that was good. No, that was impartation. You got something, and then you had to work for it just had to show up oh glory to God Whew. I want to see your face amen remember when food lens was open yeah pastor Larry's like he's a food lens man I do oh I do you just had to walk in and food lens had it out it was there. Every time you come through the door of the church, it's just here. It's here. It's here. It's available. Every time you walk into the door of the church, the potential for your life to change is there. It's present. Amen. And Paul said, when I see your face, I'm going to impart into you some spiritual gift. Now, people will say, well, that means he was going to work in the gifts. No, 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 no. He said, I'm going to impart some spiritual gift, some charis, some special grace into your life so that it will result in you being established. Oh, hallelujah. Hmm. Through impartation, there are things that can be resolutely turned in a certain direction. Oh, hallelujah. Resolutely turned in a certain direction. Things can change. 
Hallelujah. Right now, that thing that needs to turn is turning. Because you're receiving it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory. Amen. Have you ever come to church not knowing what to do and left knowing just what to do? Because something turned. Has something ever looked impossible and you came to Sunday morning service and went home and came back to Sunday night service and then Sunday morning you got something, Sunday night you got something, Monday you got up and it changed. Oh, glory. Why? Well, God did that. God imparted something to you from the atmosphere that you were in. Oh, hallelujah. There are things that can be strengthened. I talked about marriage. Right now this morning, your marriage is being strengthened. Your, 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 your belief in what God's called you to do is being strengthened. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. There's a uh, spiritual supply within the one imparting or the one being imparted to. Look over at the book of Numbers, chapter 27. Numbers chapter 27. And uh, uh, we should start around verse 15. And we'll just read down a few verses. Am I helping you this morning? It says here in Numbers 27, 15, Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, let the Lord, the God of all of, of the spirits of all flesh, send a man over the congregation. Now, right, hold it right there in verse 17. The, the next verse, please. Now, he's about to, to, to leave. He knows he's about to leave. And he says, I want you to set a man over the congregation. Notice, that may go out before them and go in before them, which may lead them out and which may bring them in. That the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep, which has no shepherd. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, Verse 18, and the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit. Now, hold on right there. So Joshua's already got something. But he doesn't have what he's about to get. Right? He's got something, but he doesn't have what he's about to get. But why? Because his, his role is about to shift. And for the role to shift, there has to be more given. And the only way he can get more is to get it from the one who's carrying what he wants. And notice, lay your hand on him. Verse 19, and set him before Eleazar the priest. And before all the congregation, and give him a charge in their sight. And you shall put, notice, remember uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 11. If he, you have two coats, give to him that has none. You shall put some of your, that honor belongs to you. Well, where did he get it? From God. God gave Moses that honor. And he said, now you take your honor and you put it up on him, that all the congregation of Israel may be obedient. Now, if we can skip down to verse 23. Oh, hallelujah. 
And he laid his hands upon him and gave him a charge as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. So notice, laying hands was the means or the channel for the impartation to occur. We know Joshua was already leading. He was already talented. He already had, the Bible says, the spirit in him. He was gifted, yet there was something missing that impartation could provide. Oh, hallelujah. What I'm building towards is whatever God does today, you're going to receive what you need. Not, not because of the person, but because of what God promised concerning that. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's, that's what God was telling uh, e Elisha through Elijah. We've kind of confused that and complicated it. They were walking along the road, and Elijah, Elijah said, uh, tell me, what should I do for you before I'm taken? He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Well, that was simply the anointing needed to carry on and do what he was called to do. I've had people say, well, you know, double portion of the anointing and a double portion of his spirit are two different things. No, they're not. I, I need what you have, and I need more to do what I need to do. Hallelujah. Now, notice this. 2 Timothy 1. We're not going to be with you in front of you much longer. I don't think. You know, impartation is such a uh, vital thing in my life. Hallelujah. You know, I remember those moments. I remember one time I was in uh, Tulsa. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma at uh, uh, FCF conference uh, there at, uh, used to be Father's House Church. I don't, I don't think the church is there any longer. Uh, but uh, pastor was one of, the, one of the ministers, one of the speakers. And it was a morning service. And uh, uh, the Holy Spirit just began to move very strongly. And, uh, uh, you know, I've, 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 I've been in enough meetings with him to recognize when that anointing begins to flow. And uh, most generally, I'll walk with him and pray with people. Uh, and for people, he'll pray for them, and I'm, I'm there. But here's my point that I'm making, is uh, that anointing began to flow, and he prayed for a couple of people. And uh, I was sitting probably four rows back, uh, you know, uh, on the end, so I could be there if there was something needed. And uh, uh, he, uh, he motioned for me to come up front. And when I did, he grabbed my hands, and he began to speak over and into my life. And, and, and speak the strength into me to do what God had called me to do. Hallelujah. I didn't ask for that. But now watch, where was I at? In the room where he was. Hallelujah. 
as a, a faith builder, as a person that says, this is my home church, if, if you're visiting today, it can be your home church. But here's the point. As a, as a faith builder, there are things that you have legal right to because of where you place your commitment. Now, I'm, I'm saying this for a reason. So somebody snapped a picture of that moment when he grabbed my hand and began to speak over me. Well, uh, Ron Poole, y'all know Ron, he found it and sent it to me. Well, I had, it, I had it blown up and put in a real nice frame and matted because that's a moment that something changed in my life. This is a moment this morning when something's going to change. It's going to be a marker moment when you look back and you say, that changed at that moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Timothy, 2 Timothy, excuse me, 2 Timothy 1. And... Uh, We'll read, start in verse 5. Oh, hallelujah. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded in you also. Wherefore, now notice, he says, I see that faith that was there in your grandmother and in your mother. And then there's the word wherefore. And because of that, Here's what he's saying. I know there's something in you. And I'm reminding you to stir it up. So this wasn't the first time that Paul had told him to stir up the gift. Why? Because he says, I'm putting you in remembrance of it. That what? That you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Watch the next word. The next word of the next verse. For. Now notice that. Something's working against this gift. I put you in remembrance to stir up the gift that's in you by the laying on of my hands. For. Because. God's not given us a spirit of fear. So evidently a spirit of fear is coming against Timothy. And Paul says. Timothy, the answer to what you're dealing with is stir up what you got when I laid hands on you. Because when I laid hands on you, you didn't get a spirit of fear. And you didn't get a spirit of timidity. But you got a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. The Amplified Bible says, this is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. God did not give us a spirit of timidity and cowardice, of craving and cringing and fawning fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm, well-balanced mind and disciplined self-control. So what God gave has to be stirred up. Hallelujah. You got, you got to stop and intentionally stir it up. 
Now, people say, how do you do that? You know, and some will say, well, speaking in tongues and, and, and praying in the Holy Ghost, that's certainly true. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not right. But what I'm saying is you've got to make an intentional effort. Now, Lord, I'm stirring this up. I'm stirring up these rivers on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Lord, that was imparted into me. I just stir it up, and then I know what to do. I know what to do because wisdom was imparted into me. Number one, Jesus has been made wisdom to me. Number two, hands were laid on me. I received wisdom for the task at hand. Glory to God. I have that impartation. So notice, all of these things have to be stirred up. Spirit of power, spirit of love, spirit of a calm, well-balanced mind. They can all be stirred up. Hallelujah. So there are things to be set fast. There are things to be resolutely turned. I'm telling you, there are things that have been, you've been dealing with, and I'm telling you, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, and you do whatever you want, you can mark down the time. It is uh, 1125 on August 7th. Is that right? 10500 Markham Street, city of Little Rock, Arkansas, suite 110. If you look around, you can tell who you're sitting by. If you don't know who they are, they're a man or a woman. But here, 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 here's, here's the point. I'm telling you to mark it down because there are things that you came in here dealing with that don't seem to turn. They're turning today. And hear me, you will deal with them no more. Forever. Hallelujah. Jim Molson sitting right here on the on the uh, the front row. Now, when Jim's sitting down, he's six foot two. <laughs> Hallelujah. Carrie was believing God for him, believing God for him to get saved, and you know it just seemed like he was going the other way just to spite her. He would come to church, and you talk about an arrogant guy. He would walk in that door just, just like, don't talk to me. And leave his wallet in the car so he wouldn't have to give. He, he would take Gracie, their, their daughter, which is now a young lady, thinking about getting married, I think, uh, was what, three, four, something like that, five maybe. And he would set her on his lap so that he wouldn't have to mess with nobody. Yeah, it's true. And Carrie was praying. She was in, Everybody was praying for him. I mean, the prayer team was praying for him. Everybody. If she knew you for five minutes, pray for my husband. He's, he's a heathen. He needs to get saved. But, man, we were praying. We were believing. Now, Jim was always a nice man. Don't misunderstand. But that, that, that's where he was. Hallelujah. One day I was ministering. I think it was a Sunday morning. And I said, you know, you can be the kind of dad that goes home, sits in the recliner, and smokes cigarettes and drinks beer, and then wonder why your kids, you know, don't have any influence in their life. And Gracie looked and said, that's you. And I, hallelujah. <laughs> but here, here's the point. Listen, he, he would come on Sunday morning, wouldn't come any other time. She came on Sunday night. On Sunday night, I was ministering. I wasn't, we weren't even talking about salvation. We, weren't, we, had, we had a time of prayer, people to come up to pray. And the Lord said to her, the Lord said to her, 
he said, don't pray for him anymore. I looked at her, the Lord said, don't pray for him anymore. He said, the Lord said, if you will quit praying for him, I'll save him. Did he give a time? He said, in two weeks, I'll save him. You were there, weren't you? And, and, and you heard that. And you said, oh, <laughs> hallelujah. Now, you can help me. I know it was two weeks. Was it exactly two weeks? I believe it was exactly two weeks later on a Sunday night. The praise team started singing a song. And from the back, I saw that Kansas Jayhawk stand up. And he walked to the front by himself, got on his knees, and gave his life to Jesus. Hallelujah. See, it looked like it wasn't going to change. It looked like this isn't going to change. But she just kept coming where the sustenance was, where the victory was, and God was able to say some things that broke down a wall. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. About two months later, he was the head usher. Out of necessity, but nonetheless. Hallelujah. Remember what the man of God said, talking about the Egyptians that had oppressed the people of Israel for 430 years? And he made the statement. He said, because you will see the face of these Egyptians no more forever. God's not just going to give you a reprieve and then it come back. It's going and staying gone. In the name of Jesus.